Chapter Twenty Six of the Golden Silence. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. The Golden Silence by Alice Muriel and Charles Norris Williamson. Chapter Twenty Six. Next day, Lila Mabarka was well enough to begin the march again. They started in the same curtained carriage at that moment before dawn while it is still dark, and a thin white cloth seemed spread over the dead face of night. Then day came trembling along the horizon, and the shadows of horses and carriage grew long and grotesquely deformed. It was the time, Mabarka said, when Chitin, the devil, and the evil Jinaun that possess people's minds and drive them insane were most powerful, and she would hardly listen when Victoria answered that she did not believe in Jinaun. In a long day they came to Bosada, reaching the hidden oasis after nightfall, and staying in the house of the Sayed with whom Stephen and Neville had talked of Ben Halim. Leila Mabarka was related to the Sayed's wife, and was so happy in meeting a cousin after years of separation, that the fever in her blood was cooled, and in the morning she was able to go on. Then came two days of driving to Jelfa, at first in a country strange enough to be Jenin-haunted a country of gloomy mountains and deep water-courses like badly healed wounds passing through dry river-beds and over broken roads with here and there a borgia where men brought water to the mules in skins held together with ropes of straw at last after a night not too comfortable spent in a dismal borge they came to a wilderness which any fairy tale teller would have called the end of the world the road had dwindled to a track across gloomy desert all the more desolate somehow because of the dry asparto grass growing thinly among stones nothing seemed to live or move in the world except a lizard that whisked its grey-green length across the road a long-legged bird which hopped gloomily out of the way or a few ragged black and white sheep with nobody to drive them. In the heat of the day nothing stirred, not even the air, though the distance shimmered and trembled with heat. But towards night jackals padded lithely from one rock shelter to another. The carriage drove through a vast plain rimmed with faraway mountains, red as porphyry, but fading to purple at the horizon. Victoria felt that she would never come to the end of this plain, that it must finish only with eternity, and she wished in an occasional burst of impatience that she were travelling in Neville Kiard's motor-car. She could reach her sister in a third of the time. She told herself that these thoughts were ungrateful to Maeddine, who was doing so much for her sake, and she kept up her spirits whether they dragged on tediously or stopped by the way to eat or to let Mabarka rest. She tried to control her restlessness, but feared that Maeddine saw it, for he took pains to explain, 
more than once how necessary was the detour they were making along this route he had friends who were glad to entertain them at night and give them mules or horses and besides it was an advantage that the way should be unfrequented by europeans he cheered her by describing the interests of the journey when by and by she would ride a mehari sitting in a bassour made of branches heated and bent into shape like a great cage lined and draped with soft hallowis of beautiful colours and comfortably cushioned it would not be long before they should come to the douar of his father the aga beyond el aguat she would have a wonderful experience there and according to maeddine all the rest of the journey would be an enchantment never for a moment would he let her tire oh he would promise that she should be half sorry when the last day came as for lila mabarka the rose of the west need not fear for the bassour was easy as a cradle to a woman of the desert and mabarka rightfully a princess of tugort was desert-born and bred queer little patches of growing grain or miniature orchards enlivened the dull plain round the ugly saharan town of jelfa headquarters of the oled niels the place looked unproposingly new and french and obtrusively military dismal too in the dusty sand which a wailing wind blew through the streets but scarcely a frenchman was to be seen except the soldiers many arabs worked with surprising briskness at the loading or unloading of great carts men of the olead niels with eyes more mysterious than the eyes of veiled women tall fellows wearing high shoes of soft pale brown leather made for walking long distances in heavy sands and maeddine said that there was great traffic and commerce between jelfa and the magzab country where she and he and mabarka would arrive presently after passing his father's douar maeddine was uneasy until they were out of jelfa for though few europeans travelled that way and the road is hideous for motors still it was not impossible that a certain yellow car had slipped in before them to lie in wait the siad's house where they'd spent that night was outside the town and behind its closed doors and little windows there was no fear of intruders it was good to be sure of shelter and security under a friend's roof and so far in spite of the adventure at ben sleeman's everything was going well enough only maeddine was a little disappointed in victoria's manner towards himself she was sweet and friendly and grateful for all he did but she did not seem interested in him as a man he felt that she was eager to get on that she was counting the days not because of any pleasure they might bring in his society but to make them pass more quickly still with the deep-rooted patience of the arab he went on hoping his father aga of the uliad serin reigned in the desert like a petty king maeddine thought that the douar and the aga's state must impress her 
and the journey on from there would be a splendid experience different indeed from this interminable jogging along cramped up in a carriage with mabarka sighing or leaning a heavy head on the girl's shoulder out in the open victoria in her bassour he on the horse which he would take from his father's goom travelling would be a pure joy and maeddine had been saving up many surprises for that time things he meant to do for the girl which must turn her heart towards him beyond jelfa on the low mountains that alone broke the monotony of the dismal plain little watch-towers rose dark along the skyline watch-towers old as roman days sometimes the travellers met a mounted man wearing a long hooded cloak over his white burnous a cavalier of the bureau arabi or native policeman on his beat under the authority of a civil organization more powerful in the sahara than the army these men riding alone saluted si maeddine almost with reverence and leila mabarka told victoria with pride that her cousin was immensely respected by the french government he had done much for france in the far south where his family influence was great and he had adjusted difficulties between the desert men and their rulers he is more tolerant than i to those through whom allah has punished us for our sins said the woman of the sahara i was brought up in an older school and though i may love one of the romias as i have learned to love thee o white rose i cannot love whole christian nations maeddine is wiser than i yet i would not change my opinion for his unless as i often think he really she stopped suddenly frowning at herself this dreariness is not our desert she explained eagerly to the girl as the horses dragged the carriage over the sandy earth through whose hard brown surface the harsh colourless blades of drin pricked like a few sparse hairs on the head of a shrivelled old man in the sahara there are four kinds of desert because allah put four angels in charge giving each his own portion the angel of the chebka was cold of nature with no kindness in his heart and was jealous of the others so the chebka is desolate sown with sharp rocks which were upheaved from under the earth before man came and its dark ravines are still haunted by evil spirits the angel of hamida was careless and forgot to pray for cool valleys and good water so the hamida hardened into a great plateau of rock the angel of gassi was loved by a huri who appeared to him and danced on the firm sand of his desert vanishing she scattered many jewels and fruits from the celestial gardens which turned into beautifully coloured stones as they fell and there they have lain from that day to this but best of all was the angel of the erg our desert desert of the shifting dunes never twice the same yet always more beautiful to-day than yesterday treacherous to strangers but kind as the bosom of a mother to her children the first three angels were men but the fourth and best is the angel woman who sows the heaven with stars for lamps to light her own desert and all the world besides 
even the world of infidels mabarka and maeddine both talked a great deal of el aguat which mabarka called the desert pearl next in beauty to her own wild tugort and maeddine laughingly likened the oasis town to paris it is the paris of our sahara he said and all the desert men from seeds to camel drivers look forward to its pleasures he planned to let the girl see el aguat for the first time at sunset that was to be one of his surprises by nature he was dramatic and the birth of the sun and the death of the sun are the great dramas of the desert he wished to be the hero of such a drama for victoria with el aguat for his background for there he was leading her in at the gate of his own country when they had passed the strange rock shape known as the chapeau de gendarme and the line of mountains which is like the great wall of china maeddine defied the danger he had never quite ceased to fear during the five long days since the adventure on the other side of bosada he ordered the carriage curtains to be rolled up as tightly as they would go and victoria saw a place so beautiful that it was like the secret garden of some eastern king it was as if they had driven abruptly over the edge of a vast bowl half filled with gold dust and ringed round its rim with quivering rosy flames perhaps the king of the garden had a dragon whose business it was to keep the fire always alight to prevent robbers from coming to steal the gold dust and so ardently had it been blazing there for centuries that all the sky up to the zenith had caught fire burning with so dazzling an intensity of violet that victoria thought she could warm her hands in its reflection on the sand in the azure crucible diamonds were melting boiling up in the radiant spray but suddenly the violet splendor was cooled and after a vague quivering of rainbow tints the celestial rose tree of the sahara sunset climbed blossoming over the whole blue dome east west north and south in the bottom of the golden bowl there was a river bed to cross on a bridge of planks but among the burning stones trickled a mere runnel of water, bright as spilt mercury. And Maeddine chose the moment when the minarets of El Aguat rose from the Sea of Palms to point out the strange pale hills crowned by old kubas of marabouts and the military hospital. He told the story of the Arab revolt of fifty-odd years ago, and while he praised the gallantry of the French, victoria saw in his eyes heard in the thrill of his voice that his admiration was for his own people this made her thoughtful for though it was natural enough to sympathize with the arabs who had stood the siege and had been reconquered after desperate fighting until now his point of view had seemed to be the modern progressive french point of view quickly the question flashed through her mind is he letting himself go showing me his real self because i'm in the desert with him and he thinks i'll never go back among europeans she shivered a little at the thought but she put it away with the doubt of maeddine that came with it 
never had he given her the least cause to fear him and she would go on trusting in his good faith as she had trusted from the first still there was that creeping chill in contrast to the warm glory of the sunset which seemed to shame it by giving a glimpse of the desert's heart which was maeddine's heart she heard to say how beautiful was el aguat and that night in the house of the Seed, an uncle of maeddine's on his mother's side as the women grouped round her hospitable and admiring she reproached herself again for her suspicion the wife of the Seed was dignified and gentle there were daughters growing up and though they knew nothing or seemed to know nothing of sadie they were sure that if maeddine knew all was well because they were his cousins and they had seen and been seen by him and the young girls poured out all the untaught romance of their little dim souls in praise of maeddine once they were on the point of saying something which their mother seemed to think indiscreet and checked them quickly then they stopped laughing and their laughter like the laughter of little children was so contagious that victoria laughed too there was some dreadful european furniture of sprawling novel art designed in the guest-room which she and leila mabarka shared and as victoria lay awake on the hard bed of which the girls were proud she said to herself that she had not been half grateful enough to see maeddine for ten years she had tried to find sadie and until the other day she had been a little nearer her heart's desire than when she was a child hoping and longing in the school garret now maeddine had made the way easy almost too easy for the road to the golden silence had become so wonderful that she was tempted to forget her haste to reach the end. End of chapter 26